Welcome to I Have HIV, a podcast dedicated for people living with HIV, their friends, and family. A Pause Impact and Antonio T. Smith Jr. production. Welcome to I Have HIV. We are currently still living in a pandemic with HIV. HIV has not gone anywhere since the 80s. And we have to bring it to the front. We need to reach zero new transmission. And the only day, and the only way that we'll be able to achieve this is by bringing it back to the forefront of um, the community and, and bringing it to, bringing different voices of the community and making sure that this, this while this disease is very manage, manageable, and it's not curable. So what we need to do is we need to prevent it from happening. And there's several new drugs that are out there. And we're going to be talking about what PrEP is, what um, all these um, different medications that are out there now that you can control. You can take it to prevent 99%. Um, you will basically have a 99% um, chance of not getting HIV. It's effectiveness is 99.9%. And so nothing in life is more than 99%. And so I am I am living with HIV is very important because right now no one's talking about what HIV is. And no one's really discussing, yes, we know that it's out there. Yes, we know that there's, that our black and brown brothers and sisters are dying from this. Our trans community is affected, our LGBT people are more affected, you know, we have to bring back the conversation to the community and have the community be involved in the conversation. Real simple. Yeah. Go to register online. Yeah. Computer rated. Put my courses in. They Mm-mm. see if the classes feel or not feel. Mm-mm. Print it out. You ready? No. That was it. No, it don't yeah. work like that. It wasn't for that. And then remember, they used to have these folders where they would check and see if the class was open, if yeah. it's another sticker, because if it's no more stickers, that means yeah. that it's no more classes. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see if they're going to bring some more stickers. And you had to wait till they called the oh, dean yeah. to see if he going to print out some more stickers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you wait now, maybe about an hour or two, because he wasn't in no rush to bring it. So. Oh, of course he not. <laughs> Yes, after paper, then go stand in the long line, go stand in another line. That's a three-day process. All right, that's enough of that. This is one of our HBUs. We got to hold it up high, stand behind it, because some schools didn't open the doors for them. And they opened the doors for you. Somebody out there listening that's T 
CTS, you call me. Why on our computers? If I'm a register, if I'm registered and I'm in the school of business, why aren't these computers connected so you can find out how many classes I need to do? I shouldn't have to walk way to the school of business to get my paperwork, then come back to the register's office, then they check it. Oh, they forgot this. Then I got to walk oh, back. That was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> See, that's what my husband said. I've been telling him, I'm going to drop you out. You call me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't even going back. My mom had to go back because they know I was going to break down. I'm like, I know this to end. I can't make it, y'all. I'm sick of it. I can't make I'm it. I'm sick of it. And it was like 100 degrees that day, yeah. and we were just walking back. And form, I'm like, I can't do this. He's like, yeah. Come on, you gotta do it. I'm like, Oh, and then when we graduated that day, everybody like, Why nobody smiling in the line? We're like, Y'all know what we're doing. Y'all only know what we're doing. They're like, Why ain't nobody smiling? Y'all smiling. That's what the dean, the president, and we like. Uh, the only reason I am because they made me come to this graduation. I just wanted to pick up my paper. I didn't want to go. I'm like, I can pick up my paper. Yeah. I done passed out my classes. I can pick up my degree. Well, they'll mail it to you. I said, you can just put mine in the mail. I ain't even have to go. But I love our H you know, our HBUs, but we're going to have to do better as a people. That's what you were saying about, you know, the women. We have yeah. still in our community we have so many things that we still need to get over you know mm -hmm. just like if she have a, a, a massage therapy business why can't i support her yeah. right mm -hmm. why can't i support her and you that's know? what irks me because y'all gonna spend 500 800 right. on a beyonce ticket right but i'm asking for 30 dollars for a massage <laughs> and y'all complaining because it's oh it's black owned or this and that like i don't understand that like why can't we support our own that's how all the money stays in the community. That's how Correct. we build. Yes. That's how we that's how we build and get other things. That's how if I help you, then you know what yeah. you have somebody else. Yeah. They have somebody and it, it's a chain reaction. I don't yes. understand. That. I don't know why we can't do that. We need we to come together and be able to support each other instead mm -hmm. of tearing each other down. You know, like if you have a shop, why can't I just, you know, like I had did something for her. She said, I want to get you a pair of shoes. I'm like, no, I'll buy the shoe because I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. That's your Remember business. Remember I told you, I said, that's I your business. She's no. like, no. Uh-uh, that's your like, business. But... That's your <laughs> but, you know, I don't do things like that. I support your business, try to get you more customers. I don't want to take from your business because if I take from you, how can I get my blessing? I just truly won't be able to get my blessing. So what time is it? Okay, I'm still good. I'm still good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just came. Okay, that's all right. We good. We had our. She had. She had two people. And Miss Carol said, um, she's at work. Uh, she wants me to give you her number. Um, she had been through. She said about 15 years of domestic violence. And she never, nobody in her family never know what she went through and by just finally speaking and telling your story, is she has the courage now to want to talk. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes. Tell her to stop. She's going to make me cry. I tell her I am so proud for she real. She was at like, work. Oh she came God. back on. Yeah, she, Miss Carol, yeah, she said, tell her, she, what she said, yeah, she can reach out to me. She wants you to reach out to her. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and That's she's beautiful. been through all of that, and she said she never talked about it. Nobody ever knows. Right. So I'm trying to figure 14 years, so how could, well, maybe she was out of town. Maybe he moved out of town, mm -hmm. isolated her. 
Because if I have a daughter, I'm like, if I'm talking to my family, I'm talking to my relatives, wouldn't somebody know something 14 years? A lot of times, no. you don't want to tell your relatives, especially... With me, I had. But a, like you said, your face was all bruised yeah. and beat up. Well, see, I didn't go around my family. See, that's what I'm saying. I that's stayed, probably I what happened. Out the way. Nobody knew. Yeah, me. that's probably. Like, what I have happened. a lot of boy cousins in my family, so I knew if I said something, yeah. I didn't want my cousins to get in trouble right. behind me. I remember you saying you that. Know, so yeah. I didn't want to put that on. Yeah, because she said that. I'm like, how you do that for boy? Yeah. We had a. So we we had a, a class that's graduated from Project Week, which is a 17 week course that teaches you about HIV, especially here in Houston. Mm -hmm. And one of our classes was intimate partner violence. And one of one of our projects was we all had one person had had holded folded seven strings. And then they gave us all everything to say. And one string was the pastor, you go to your pastor mm -hmm. and your pastor says, It's okay, stay in your marriage. Mm -hmm. You want you're okay. You drop that string. Then another friend, you go to another friend, you tell him, "Hey, I'm being sexually, I'm being abused." Oh, it's okay. He, you know, you, you'll get through this. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, another string drop. So you have all these strings that drop, and at the end of the day, you're just you're the one holding all the piles in the car. So it's mm -hmm. it's not really easy to say to somebody like, "Oh, get out," yeah. because right. you just don't know what their financial situation yeah. is, yeah. what their economic situation is, if they have kids. Yeah. If they fear for their life for whatever reason, when you have it's kids. just yeah. it's so it was it was it was such a mind opening that you can go to so many different people and nobody gives you the help that yeah. you need, you know. And that's why I say it's so hard that women don't want to say anything because yeah. again, if I tell you and then you don't believe me or just oh you're just trying to do this for attention yeah. or you know girl saying that that's you it ain't got nothing to do with me mm -hmm. it's like. I have nowhere else to turn to, so why? Yeah, I mean, it's I have the same thing here. with the white, the, with the rape victims. You pretty much all in the same category. Yeah, right yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You don't want to go out and tell nobody because you don't want to feel judged, or, yeah, yeah. You know, vice versa or whatever. You were wearing a mini skirt. What yeah, were you yeah. wearing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where were you? Yeah, yeah. Where were you? Yeah, where were you? If you had your yeah. legs showing, then, then he wouldn't did it like. It, that's amazing. Since you said that, we were at a church. Remember how uh, one of the ladies was in domestic violence at the church? You remember she went to the pastor yeah. and he told her, I mean, literally beat down, beat down. He told her, go pray about it and stay in your marriage. Yeah. Wow. He sure did. A that's pastor? A pastor, yeah. Pastor. yeah and I, mean, I remember yeah. that. And at night, her and her children would be there and He'd be shooting down or running down the street, and I'm like, mm-mm. And, and see, I just, mm -mm. people don't know what you go through behind their closed doors. See, at, when you're out, you feel like, oh, somebody can so, save So, I me. mean, for a pastor or somebody, I mean, if a lady would come to me, uh, I remember, remember when the kids were small, I had went to the grocery store, and there was a lady around the corner. Remember her husband was was beating her, and she came in. She beat on the right. door, she and he let her in, and the man was trying to find her. But she was safe in our house till somebody had came, you know, and got her. And that's what I'm saying. I just don't understand if a lady would come to me and she's all beat, battered and bruised, I would send her back, back. to that yeah. situation. I'm just not understanding yeah. that. Because your train of thought is not like that. Because for women, we see someone needs help. Yes. We off the bat. I don't care who did it, sister, brother, cause you need help. Right, right. I need to do something to try to protect you. Come 
come on, let's go call somebody. Or right, right. Come sit in the car with me. That's us as women. Other people just don't want to get involved. Right. You know, and that happened to us. What was that? Friday night, we were coming home. And all of a sudden, I saw this. I know she was young, about 15, 16, or 17. She mm. was just running, running fast. I'm like, what's wrong with that little girl? She was mm. running through people's yards and everything. So I saw this this young man, probably in his 20s. Mm. He was trying to catch her in the car. And I told my husband, I said, go follow that car. And mm. so she went beating on people's doors trying to get in. So he was following her. And I told my husband, make sure you follow the car. So I guess she was trying to get to somebody's house. She knows she was beating on the door, and they let her in. I don't know if she know her. And we was out there, you know, in the man where she ran. She was running through people's yards, so everybody was coming out. Mm -hmm. And then when he saw everybody coming, and he going to look around, and then he going to take out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it happening if none of us would have came forward mm -hmm. and he'd have got that young lady? Because yeah. she was running for her life. You could yeah. tell she was running from something. She yeah. was truly, truly <laughs> running. And I told my husband, I said, yeah, we, you know, if we see something, we're going to call the police, yeah. you know. I'm not saying we're going to get out, because yeah. I had a friend that intervened or something, and he ended up getting killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's trying why to stop like that. Yeah, but, but I will. There's a lot of ways that you can help. Yeah, yeah. like I said, we followed that car, because she took out. I mean, that girl was running for her life. Something <laughs> that he was doing to her, she took out. And I say, uh-uh, that's not a regular jog. And then yeah. I started seeing people coming out. Cause she, I guess she was beating on different people's door, mm -hmm. and finally somebody opened the door. But unless you're not aware that a lot of people won't even you know, open the door, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Because there's so much stuff going on with crimes where people trying to break in and they do stuff like that to get in. Yeah, yeah. So you really don't know who you can trust or who is really telling right, the truth. Right, right. But well, I was I guess, still called nine one one. I guess and a woman to come instinct, over there. Yeah, you know, we have instincts. <laughs> Y'all might not remember this, but I remember growing up as a kid, there were homes that had a red hand, like on a poster, in the window. Mm -hmm. And if a child was ever in trouble, mm. and they see the that house with the red hand in the poster, it was a safe, it was safe, a safe house. house. Yeah. And my, I know my neighbor had one of those. But then we got so many sick people yeah, now right. in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It ain't like when you was little. Yeah. It was in Indianapolis. In, that was in Indiana. Yeah. 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 It was like a safe haven. Yeah, a safe yeah right, place right, for right. For kids. kids. Make course, sure we check the got, house out We got to make sure that person is well vetted. Yeah. Because you don't want yes. the, somebody a just to get it. Like, get the sign maybe there should be some kind of inspection done. Right, you know, right, like, right. Oh, you went CBS through, you went through this, this training and this is how plan. you have this. Yes. Right. This is the only way you can achieve this is if you go I through try it. to have a little bit excellent program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be because that's not operating immediately. Yeah. Because you just here. never know who may be. And then you know, the domestic the violence, violence women. Yes. Yeah, they need a place to go. We can work on it. Yeah. We know hospitals and, and, and fire houses, yes. and neighbors. We know that. Matter of fact, yes, they have something like that in Memphis. Okay. They have, they have a symbol that, you know, this is a safe haven. Oh, okay. Right. In certain places. It, uh, 
Okay. I've seen that before. Right. But we don't have it here. Yeah, yeah. no, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that either. But that's something we need to yes. do a speech. We, we should bring it up to, to our city council. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We might, that's what I was just going to say. We need to bring it up to the yeah, city council. Yeah, because like I said, I saw yes. that. That was just Friday night that mm-hmm. happened. I mean, and she was literally running for her life. I'm like, uh-uh, she's not jogging. And then I could see her beating on the door. And then he was coming with the car. She was ducking and diving in there. I'm like, uh-uh, something. She running from something. Yeah. And then he saw people start coming out, and we was following him. Then he gonna go on, but I'm like, I hope she stays in a safe place. place. Yeah. You know, Even in California, um, on the highway, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember being in the, in the residential neighborhood, but every so many miles they have they have folks on the on the, on the yeah, they have those at U of H. I've seen. I don't know if TSU TSU don't have those like the in no, the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, they have the emergency yeah. phones. Yeah. They put it on all campuses now. Yeah, good. There's so good. much going on. on the so much yeah. going on. But yeah, that's that's a great idea because you never know. Um, that could just be a a, a little bit of the iceberg that yeah. you can help. Mm-hmm. And you know, they can make even kids because you know nowadays you have. The, the grown-ups where they say, don't say nothing, this is a secret between right, me and you. Right, yeah, right, right. Kids don't know because they're, they're used to, you're the adult, you're they supposed to protect them. Right. So, you know, I feel like that that's that's something that we truly need and, and need to, to get on the ball with because. Yeah, because you know, we had the people on our show last week that were here from uh, sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, the lady we had on last night, uh, she's running for city council, D. Nisi Hamilton. Mm-hmm. She was sold into sex uh, trafficking at 11 years old by her grandmother. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And because of, yeah, she was sold oh. into and then she was homeless, forced into prostitution, doing stripping. She don't mind, she'll tell you because mm-hmm. she don't want nobody else to tell her story. Her, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. her own story. Yeah, right. But then you got to understand her mother was sold just like that. So it's the, her mother was sold, then they sold so her. Just a cycle. Just a yeah, cycle. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then that's what we're trying to investigate because her mom was found. She had been looking for a mom for like two years mm-hmm. and then finally somebody across the street that was in Fort Worth told them they keep smelling this foul odor in the house. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got to the house, her body had disintegrated into the wood. Decomposed. Decomposed yeah. into the wood. Yes. So if they would have came out there two years before then, yeah, they might could have found her. Yeah. But they had like a strand of DNA or something they that could, sure could took back to her. So that's what I'm saying. It's so much that's out there, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. we're doing, trying to, you know, open up the case. And they said, well, because she was in sex trafficking, because she was a prostitute, that's what she that deserved. No, that, that, not what, that no. has it nothing to do me. with it. It doesn't matter. A life is never... Yes supposed to be taken for granted like that. Yeah, I right. don't care if I stood on the corner upside down on my head. If somebody bothers me or That's something right. happens to me, just take that. I hate when they want to bring up what you did in yes, your past yes. or what you did to get That's, That's right. not the reason. That's not something the reason. Something else happened. Yes. I'm about right. to say, well, in some cases, it don't even be you. It be family members. Yes. You know, yeah. you get judged by a certain family member. Right, you know right, 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 right. I don't like that at all. Right. And so... That's one of that's one of her pet peeves with the you know the sex trafficking oh, and yeah. the kids and all of that and like you said the domestic violence and all that something oh, has to be done and like you said last night when we were talking and we don't talk about that we can still talk in this 
place. But but if nothing don't happen outside this wall, then we, you know, what's the purpose of sitting here talking? Yeah, and we, we don't take that. That's talking. Yeah. Everybody can sit in here and talk. Yeah. Okay, what are we going to do once we get out the room? That's that's where it comes. And I thank you for really sharing your story because, like I said, I've known Carol probably, let me see, I met her when I was 14. I'm 55. I never knew that about her. You told me who was 56. Yeah, I know my age. That's fine. Y'all look. Y'all look. I never knew that about Carol. And, and she, said, she said on here that you never knew that. And I've known her about 30 at least. 30, 35 years, and I never knew that. I never told her until I, I got ready that. to. She um, just told me that tonight. To do my the, I speech for the sisterhood. Yeah. I told, she told me bits and pieces. I told her bits okay. and pieces. Like, I never told her the full, the full story. story. She right. just knew that and I lost my And how long have y'all been friends? Oh, for what? Almost four years now. For real? Yeah. Because, <laughs> look, we actually were working together. I was the manager, and we just clicked because we right. both from out of town. So right. we just clicked, and when I found um, her so drive. So do you have to be comfortable with that person before you want to share your story? Um, it's, not, it's not that. I just didn't want because we were friends, I didn't want her to look at me in a different way. Again, that's When it came down to it, when we got really cool and started talking and stuff like that, yeah. she came up in her mind that I was going to look at her different because yeah. she told me her story. That wasn't, like when you be talking about how she looked, yeah, I like, never what? seen that. We don't so see that. like, what are you talking about? We have no clue. <laughs> and so when about. I finally told her, she was like, "Why you didn't tell me earlier?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I didn't want." I was like, "You thought I was going to judge?" I just, you. I, I mean, what can we say? Yeah. But support you. <laughs> exactly. That's all we can do. We can't do I, but again, but like I keep you. saying, it was me that I always. It, this right here. Oh, they gonna look at you this way. They gonna say this. Or they talk so about you. So did any of the the abusers say anything like that to you, or that just you thinking that in your um, mind? Well, I know when I use uh, when when I was getting out of my marriage, uh, he used to always say, no one's ever going to want you. And For what to, reason? He used to always say, um, I'll I, I mess you up. Or, you know, I'll make sure they won't nobody ever want you again. Especially especially when I had lost weight. See, when I was big, it wasn't a problem. Mm -hmm. When I lost the weight, that's when it became the problem. That's oh, my biggest Oh, thing. then you wanted to help. Then you wanted to go to uh, counseling. No, it's too late now. Like, I've endured enough. That I'm not going to keep enduring it. It, you know, then I'm young still. Like I'm, still have I'm turning thirty, thirty-one. Like yes. no, I'm not gonna, I'm not going through this. So it was like, no, I'm fed up. And I always said, you always know you're a breaking point, and you never know how strong you are until you have to be in that breaking point. Right. And I never knew how strong I was till I was like, you know what? This is not it. I'm not doing it anymore. I called my mom. I was like, mom, I need your help. She was like, what? I was like, can you please get an appointment in my name, in your name for me? She was like, yeah. Got the appointment. I had a uh, one of my good friends I went to school with. She worked at uh, this place. She was like, I can get you a, I had a job called Boom, I'm gone. Yes. Nobody knew. I'm a hundred or something miles away from home. Uh, and mm. that's how I feel like I had to hide out. I felt like this is something that I had to do. And I kept saying, I, I need to do this. Because if not, this, it's going to end bad. And that's the only thing I kept thinking about. This is going to end bad. I don't want any of my family, or especially my mom, because... Me and my mom were, me and my mom had always been rocky because I always thought my mom loved my older sister more than me because mm -hmm. my sister was the one who worked for child support. My sister's DPS trooper. I followed in my mom's footsteps and became a nurse because my mom was a medication aide. So I always thought my mom loved 
my sister more, but when I told her that, she was like, no. And before my son got killed, me and my mom hadn't talked to anybody yet. We hadn't been on good terms. And when I lost my son, that's when me and her reconnected. And I called my mama two or three times a day now. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what you doing later? I'm calling the boy. What you doing? And I it, I hate that a tragedy had to happen in order for me and my mom to, to realize be, it. To be back. And it was me. It wasn't even my mom. It was just something that I thought because, again, me on the outside looking in, I'm thinking like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And my mom was like, I love both of my kids. Yes, equally. yes. You know, and you see that now that you're a I mom. I see that now. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I, I bugged the mess out of my kids, especially my two daughters. They mm-hmm. like, ugh. But they call me on a daily basis. We call FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Each other. You know, they call and check. Okay. And it's been my oldest. She's a Capricorn, so I said she's the, the moody one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, she be like, I be like, you ain't text me today. She be like, oh, you did? No. I'm your mama. She be like, okay, well, if ain't nothing wrong, but, you know, they call. Both of them check on me. Right, right, right. Just to, you know, to see how I'm doing. Or to tell me they love me. So, you know, I enjoyed it now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I always, I always try to apologize for missing those 10 years I was out there right, life. Right, right, right. <laughs> and my baby girl, I really thought I was going to have a hard time with her, but she always said, Mama, we missed a lot of time together, but we can make up now. Yes, and yes. My baby called me, Mama, I just called to see y'all love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Mama love you too. It's it's the point that it's like we never stopped. Like, they never stopped knowing that I was their mom. Right. Um, but yeah. you did the right thing because yeah. at the point, you couldn't take care of yourself. Yeah. So you were only doing that to protect them and keeping them safe. So as they got older, I'm see, they're yeah. understanding that. And it's just, it's just my son now. Like I said, we still just, we're going through. It's, I feel that he was told something that was, wasn't incorrect. So when I have to tell him, hey, this is what happened. Like both of my daughters, I sat them down and told them. Yeah, what you I, tell them the because truth. Because I didn't want them to be told something else, which they were. Right. They were both told something, and when I told them what really happened and why I made the decision I made, because I thought that's what I was doing, what was best for them at the, at time. the time. Yes. And I, you know, I, I always apologize. I, I'm sorry that it didn't turn out, and if I could change, I would. But that's what at happened. At the time, you, you know, did at the what time, was best. This is what I thought. Yes. Um, yes. And my oldest, she stayed with me for a while here. She she wants to move back, but you know, she stayed here with me and. We just bonded. She had a tragedy, the reason why she moved back, because uh, she lost her grandmother. Okay. And so she was like, Mom, I'm ready to come back. And I was like, I know, because, you know, our time, I always tell her our time was cut a little short. Yeah. You know, but she my big baby and my, my baby girl, and, you know, it's just my son. So once I reconnect with him, and I have an auntie who always tells me, he loves you, and he knows you're his mom. It's just he was he's upset of how things happened and how things went. So, yes. you know. I just pray on a daily basis, you know, God just let him understand that, that that was my only decision. It was either give them to my sister or give them to the state, and I refused to do that. I didn't want them to be split up because they had told me at the time they wouldn't take all three of them. They was going to split them up, so that was the decision I had to make. And that was the right choice you felt in your heart. Yes, Before we end the show, um, anybody out there that's listening that's, uh, been through domestic violence and had a child killed through domestic violence, what do, would you like to tell them? Um, I would like to tell them they have to take it minute by minute. And, you know, you have to, for me, it's, it took a while. 
and I know that the choices I made wasn't the best choices for, for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anybody to fall into that um, that cycle because it's easy to fall into depression, uh, drugs, alcohol, because that's what I did. Okay. And it took, I feel like it took me a day to get in it, but it took me like 10, 12 years to get out of it. So okay. I don't want people to have to go through that and feel like, oh, dang, it was easy to get in, it's hard to get out of. So uh, if you can talk to somebody, if you can call somebody, I don't care, just call me, 832-372-8989. Call me, inbox me, talk to me, I will help. I mean, if I can do nothing but just drive to where you're at and help and talk yes, to you yes. or give a hug because I don't want anyone to feel like they have to take their life because I tried twice to take mm-hmm. my life. So I don't want anyone to feel like that's their last decision that they have to make. It took me a long time. You have to forgive yourself because I didn't forgive myself for a long time. So once you forgive yourself, you can take it day by day. Okay. And then you can take it week by week and then month by month and then year by year. Okay. And then I had to change how I celebrated him. His birthday is December the 17th. So instead of me um, crying in the morning, I do cry at the early in the yeah. morning. But I celebrate him. I still buy a birthday cake. Yes. I still put the calendars on and, you know, wish him a happy birthday. Yes. I call the kid and, you know, my their, their, her his sisters, you know, they know that it's his birthday. So I just try to keep his memory alive. So yes. that's why I said I wanted to do a nonprofit. Maybe if I can do it a nonprofit, I can help other women yes. um, who's lost. Not just women, even men yes. who maybe have lost a kid by yes. their ex-wife or ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. um, to help them. Because I know for me, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Yes. So if someone is out there that you can talk to or you feel comfortable enough to, a lot of times we have something that's pulling us to say, go to this person. Go. Yes. That's yes. the reason why. Yes. If you can go to that person and talk, then do it. I just don't want another life to be gone or another life to be taken because that's the hardest thing. When that casket closes, no more. So, you know, I still see his face, but I know that he's my angel now. And yes. I know for a fact he's watching over me. Yeah. That's a blessing. And anybody that is in that situation, they need to call me at 832-417-1696. So don't think that you're alone. And don't forget our domestic violence event is October the 5th. And we are supplying 50 women from the domestic shelter with hygiene bags, with snacks and other products in there. And we're also providing toys and snacks and other items for their children also so if you want to help with that um my cash app is the dollar sign shining stars 2020 uh we will be providing that for the women and don't forget on september the 14th um that's a saturday from 10 to 2 we will be giving out school supplies for the children we have enough for 250 children. So if anybody knows some kids that need school supplies, make sure that you let them know. They can contact me again, 832-417-1696. And also in November, we will be feeding the community for the Thanksgiving. And also in December, we will be giving away toys. And I've also chartered a bus from First Class Tours that we will be taking children from third ward, fourth ward, uh, fifth ward. We will be taking them out the community and taking them around to see Christmas lights in other areas. I want them to know that there is a River Oak, there is a Kingwood, there are other places besides these projects that we always see. So I want to involve them. And I'm just letting everybody know that I have set aside 15 seats 
for my children with <coughs> disabilities. So if anybody uh, has a child who has a disability, they're in a wheelchair, they need special accommodation, make sure you let us know so we are willing to make any accommodation that needs to be so these children will be able to participate in this event. So make sure you call. We are willing to make any kind of accommodation that we need to. Uh, you have anything else, Mr. Josh? Anything nope. coming up? I want to thank Josh. I love him so much. Josh has always been by my side since day one. I had to attend a funeral this weekend, and Josh and Mr. Hell, they took on that school supply drive out there in that hot sun. They were out there. They got those school supplies done. And when they came home, he was so beat down. I'm like, I'm tired this sun. <laughs> but they, we had uh, fans. We had a good teamwork. Yes, we had fans for the seniors and cases of water that they gave away. All the fans and all of the water for seniors was gone. And we gave away 30 of the 40 backpacks. So the 10 that's left, I'm going to make sure those children at the domestic violence shelter do get those. Okay. And go ahead and tell us one more time about your business, love. Um, a Needed Touch Massage Therapy. You can find me on Instagram at A Needed Touch, K-N-E-A-D-E-D. All right. Is there a phone number, love? 832-785-3837. And give us your hours. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And you're going to be a PSU graduate very soon, yes, right? Yes. You're so <laughs> proud of it. And we had another visitor to come in. Can you pass him the mic? You just don't come in here and sit down. So we don't do that. That don't happen. Can you introduce your friend, Mr. Hale? We don't do yeah, that around here. this is my photography buddy, Herbert Hughes. And we are just like brothers, blood brothers. <laughs> we talk every day, and we talk photography every day. And he is an excellent photographer. Yes. Just say a few words, sir. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I heard you had a lot of good things going on here, and I just want to stop by and see. Thank and you. It looks wonderful. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Short and sweet, John. <laughs> Nobody can never come. Can you give us a song, DJ, real quick? Or we ain't getting no songs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Where she's his first radio show dedicated to people living with HIV, their friends and family, and we are live on Mondays from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. All right, until next week, we will see you next time. Take us out, DJ. (laughs) They say enough is enough. (laughs) I got diagnosed um, two years ago. Actually, we'll be, yeah, two years ago, I got diagnosed in April. And um, it's been, it was a life changing. First, I was, I, I shouldn't be alive today if, if it was for, if it wasn't for the drugs and the medication. And knowing your status is so important because I didn't have to suffer this. My T cell count was um, at 10 when I first got diagnosed, which is like zero is the lowest and 800 is the highest. And I'm at a 10. And so that tells you that I was so sick. And so, Knowing your status, and that's because I was afraid as well, too, to know my own status. And that's what I want to, that's the whole reason why for this podcast is to bring more awareness about knowing your status and knowing that HIV is not a death sentence, but um, we do have to control it. And so you equals you, undetectable equals untransmittable. So once you on a, on a regimen, you become untransmitted, you can't pass it to anybody else. But how do you know that you can't pass it? Or how do you know that you're HIV um, negative is by continuing taking blood tests every three months. So going to your doctor, if you're sexually active, continue taking PrEP or ask about PrEP to your physician if that's um, something that you're interested in. It does help for people who like to have um, natural sex. And you know, it, there's people who are out there who, who, who want this. So we have the opportunity to be able to um, have frank conversations with people who are currently taking PrEP, people who have been a long time HIV positive, who have been living it for 30 plus years, 20 plus years. We want to, you know, bring the conversation back to the community. We want to be able to make sure that the community knows that HIV doesn't have a face. It's all of us. You know, it gets better. That's that's my recommendation. And go get tested. If you're afraid, go go with a friend. There's a there's support groups all over Facebook. There's support groups um, all over um, in, in the LGBT community. You don't have to be gay in order to be in the support group. There's several heterosexual only support groups. We want to make sure that there is um, that you have hope. And if you if you don't any don't know anybody, contact me. Contact me, reach out to me. I will guide you through. We will, if you're not in Houston, we will FaceTime me. Now you can FaceTime me the entire time you're there. And I will walk you through the process. You know, we are in this together and I want to make sure that we end the stigma of HIV. And we can only do this is by addressing it head on. And I want to make sure that people feel safe and they feel um, loved. And you know, when it was super hard for me to tell my family and friends. And if you don't feel like talking to me, then I can reach out to another provider. We will we will get you connected to somebody who will make sure that you are safe, first of all. And second of all, is make sure that we're gonna know your status. And then once you know your status, either we're gonna get you on PrEP if you're sexually active, and we're gonna recommend it to you, or if you 
um, are HIV positive, then we will get you on, on drugs immediately. And the drugs now today are not the drugs that were 20 years from now. And my doctor is very conscious of my liver. My doctor is very conscious of my bones. She wants to make sure that I stay healthy. And that those are the medications that are out there now. So there's so many types of medications that will help you. But the first thing we have to do is to get tested. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. In 2005, I had a close family member die to HIV. And I, to be honest with you, I'm still probably not even supposed to know it. Uh, in fact, the only reason I know it is because an angry family member said it in anger and it slipped out. And that's how I found out. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast because I'm tired of people like me, family who would support and who would have loved on my cousin she died alone she died in the hospital bed completely alone because i didn't know and because i was too busy playing basketball than being with my cousin and i'm very passionate about what josh michael does he wants to change the world and i hope all of you contact him and that's why i'm so extremely passionate about this podcast but i suffer every day that i let my cousin die alone because 2005 made me an ally, but I shouldn't have to go through death like that to become an ally. All of us should be allies. That's my story, and that's why Josh is doing this podcast, and that's why we're here. Destruction, mama, tell me it's all right before I turn to nothing.